Strong Style, third episode in the lot so far. Welcome in. I am your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. Thanks, thanks for tuning in. Been dodging storms and uh, day gig a little bit, uh, things like that this week. So, uh, hoping to get through this. We're still dodging a storm that's supposed to be coming from this area anytime now. This is Sunday evening. I want to get this in before Raw because... Um, a lot of stuff's going to happen on Raw, I think. Uh, WWE's going to continue to do the shows the way they've been doing them. I think they've done a good job. And since this one happened so late in the week, I was able to not only have Friday Night Smackdown, but Ring of Honor had uh, another great tribute show they did and uh, got some words on it. Now, the way this show goes, uh, I'm going to talk about the matches and the things that happened on each of the wrestling events it happened in the last week. Uh, kind of break down what I thought of them, where I think they could go with them sometimes, uh, if I like it or not, or sometimes just to go, I don't know what in the high hack they're doing. But then again, they don't ask me. Although, I think I could do at least two-thirds as good as Freddie Prince did. You know, he was on the rain staff for a while. Just saying. You guys uh, ever get bored want to shake it up? Give me, give me a month on the writing staff of either show. I don't care which show. And uh, if the numbers don't go up, hey, I go back to what I do. No harm, no foul. You guys know how to find me. But let's get into it. Let's start right with the WrestleMania review. Now, it was in two nights. Some cool stuff happened. And some interesting stuff happened. And then some kind of blah stuff happened. Here your typical WWE pay-per-view. They do a good job with some things, and other ones, I feel like it's just filler. But they started off night one with Bliss Cross, Alexa Bliss, and Criss Cross took on the Kabuki Warriors for the Raw Women's Tag Team Championship. Well, that's actually the, tag, the Women's Tag Team Championships, because uh, they, they have the one that just goes back and forth. Uh, Bliss Cross ended up getting this one over the Kabuki Warriors. I think it was time for a, a title change anyway. Um, you can split the Kabuki Warriors for a minute. I mean, you can leave them as a team, but you can uh, split them so that uh, they, can, they can kind of do some solo things for a while, or you can continue to leave them as a team. I understand that. Uh, but Bliss Cross, I'm a huge fan of both of them. I was already a, a Alexa Bliss fan, and then when Nikki Cross hit the scene, I just I like the the way she wrestles. Her and Natalia to me have completely separate ways. You 
You almost can't teach what they do. Uh, just really big fan of the way they wrestle. Blisscross wins. Like I say, they are the new they are the new women's tag team champions. Uh, they actually kind of had a kind of a rematch on Raw the following night. We'll get into that in a minute. But uh, congratulations to Blisscross. I think there's some cool stuff you could do with them and some of the other teams. And uh, I like where a lot of the women's division is going. We'll get into the other two main titles in a minute. Uh, but up next after that was King Corbin versus Elias. I tell you, I like the King Corbin bit. I really do. Not be, not because it's so much better than the corporate Corbin crap. And it wasn't his fault. He was doing the best he could. He, he got a raw gig there, but he, he did what you're supposed to do. Play it the best you can. Hope for a better one on the other side. Like like a, a bad hand in a poker game, you know? You're not always going to get the best hand. Sometimes you got to play what you get. But uh, he's been doing a spectacular job. Elias is still right there on the cusp, I believe, of being a main eventer. Uh, Elias ends up with a victory there. Uh, I figured so. Once once he got knocked off the stage the week before, I had a pretty good idea. I thought that Elias would go over here, which he did. Um, it was done spectacularly. These two, I think I think you, you still let them go at each other for maybe a, one more month. Because they've got a real good thing going, and it's making them both look exceptional. Uh, up next, the the man and Raw Women's Champion, Becky Lynch, took on Shayna Baszler. I'm becoming a big Shayna Baszler fan. I'm not quite sure why. She's a fantastic wrestler. She's got a great look, but just she has this, like, Kurt Angle, Ken Shamrock killer look about her. Like, when she comes out... The eyes flare up, and it's go time. It's uh, it's go time. As the great Jim Jim Ross would say, business is about to pick up when you see Shayna walk through the gate there. Uh, I kind of figured, especially once I found out about a streak going on, that Becky was going to go over. She did. The two of them tore each other up. In fact, speaking of the Kurt Angle thing, uh, what he did to, the, I believe, The Undertaker. Undertaker had him in a triangle choke. And he flipped over and was able to pin him, doing doing that, kind of using the hold against him. Uh, well, Shayna had, had her move on Becky Lynch, and Becky just uh, flipped over backwards from the ground and uh, pinned her that way. Shayna looked in disbelief. I do not one bit think that the two of them are done on a one-off like this. Expect to see Shayna around for, for a good long while, and hopefully... Um, I think she's going to eventually win. But the streak that I'm talking about, they mentioned it on Raw, just so I can only mention this once and move past it. Uh, Becky Lynch has been Raw Women's Champion for a solid calendar year. Congratulations to Becky. It's time to do something different. It's uh, I like Becky Lynch. I think she she is uh, she's another one that's very unorthodox. She is not a by-the-book wrestler. I like very much a lot of things she's doing. I think the man gimmick, she didn't really do much more with it. So either do something with it or go a different direction. But I'm okay with her being champ. I just, I really thought it would, would have been a good moment for Shayna if she would have took it there. But this is building to something bigger. Maybe 
they wanted Becky to get the uh, the year thing, kind of like the CM Punk thing where he kept the title for every year and then dropped it. Maybe this was part of a negotiation or just a nod to them that, hey, we, we just don't want to move the title all that much. But congratulations, Becky Lynch. Daniel Bryan versus Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental title. Now, we all went into this saying, ah, DB got it. DB got it. DB got it. Sami Zayn was quoted before the match as saying he's going to walk out of here with um, with the belt. And he actually did. Through some crazy things, all the people involved, the outside people and all, uh, Sami ended up doing a uh, haluva kick. And I very much like that they let him win clean that way. Because it could have been underhanded a lot of different ways, outside appearances and that. No, they let Sami win with his finisher move, and uh, he, he keeps the Intercontinental belt, which means either Daniel could move on, or they could move another challenger in there, or these two can continue to fight, because these two are two of the best indie-style guys there are. They're not built to... Like, they're not built to to be the traditional wrestler, they very indie feel about it. And that's that's what makes this whole generation great. Is it's not the same type of stuff that we're used to seeing. It's different. And the different is actually good. But congratulations, Sami Zayn, on that one. You move on to John Morrison representing um, Ms. Mo, as I call them, or Ms. Morrison. Kofi Kingston, representing the New Day. And Jimmy Uso, representing the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship. Now, they decided to do it this way because it was a ladder match, and you just you don't need all those people involved like that. I, I totally get it. And uh, I like the way they did it in the three that they chose. Uh, it's nothing personal to Big E. He's pretty good in ladder matches. Um, either Uso is. And actually Miz is uh, kind of super sneaky good at ladder matches. This was the three we needed. And controversial ending, as they're all three battling at the top, they're all three got their hands on the belt, They uh, Kofi and Jimmy Uso decide to do a double headbutt on Morrison, and when they do, Morrison falls, and he happens to have both belts when he does. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Miz and Morrison retain the championships. Now, on SmackDown, they come out, and they, to me, at this point, New Day, back of the line. Usos, back of the line. I don't know what other team there is out there at the moment, but back of the line. It's uh, I, I hate that they'll go. Well, they face them, and then they face they face. You know, the champs face Team A, the champs face Team B, the champs face Team A and Team B. That should be the end of it. If the if the champs keep the belts, that should be the end of it. But it wasn't. Uh, who knows what they'll get into now, but it'll involve those teams. And maybe it's because they're on a limited personnel basis, but 
you know, at one point, Miz and Morrison uh, need a fresh opponent. Um, how about Drew Gulak and Daniel Bryan? How about um, Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura? I'm okay with any of those. That's something different, at least. But uh, let's move on. Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins. In the first part of the match, Seth gets himself disqualified. K- KO gets on the mic and says, no, you know it don't need to go down that way. Let's make it a no DQ. Let's finish this the right way, which they do. KO wins that one, too. So KO goes 2-0. And uh, I, I, I 100% agree. Now, here's the thing. I'm not the world's big Seth Rollins fan. I tell people that. I respect what he does. But Seth Rollins very much is like a, a uh, Dolph Ziggler, a Shawn Michaels, in that when the when the lights and the cameras come on, that dude shines. He shines. Whether you like him or not, when when the match starts, he hears the ding of the bell, it's on. And he puts it all out there, and, and that's where I have the ultimate respect. Um. KO going over on this. I think KO need uh, Kevin Owens needed some wins like this, so that was a good thing. And uh, we'll see where this goes from there, because I could see the two of them continuing this, and I could see them splitting and doing something different. Uh, up next, Goldberg versus Braun Strowman for the Universal Title. This went back and forth. Goldberg did a good job of making Braun look good. Braun made Goldberg look good, and in the end, after a handful of uh, the big power slams, running power slams. That Braun does, you know, universal title winner is Braun Strowman. Love it. Love it. Now, keep this in mind. Roman Reigns was supposed to be the opponent. There's a good chance Roman Reigns would have won this match. And this would have been Roman's next title run. But, totally understand why, why he chose to not participate. And it's because... You know, health reasons. That that makes total sense. But uh, good for Braun. Braun uh, happens to be the the one to take advantage of a situation in this in this scenario here, and he's the new. He's finally world champ. He's finally heavyweight champ. And then the end of night one was the boneyard match between AJ Styles and Undertaker, where they battled in a graveyard. When I first saw it, it kind of reminded me of what the Hardys used to do over in. Um, over in TNA slash Impact Wrestling with some of their weird backyard videos. But it worked. And then uh, the Wyatt family kind of did a couple of these too. But this was, it was actually pretty good, pretty entertaining. Ultimately, it ends with, because uh, we had no idea how this ends. Yeah, how, how does a Boneyard match uh, end? Well, this one ended when AJ Styles was buried alive, basically, in a grave by the Undertaker who used a tractor. And uh, he kind of did his American badass ride down with a motorcycle thing, and then he rode out on a motorcycle. I thought it was cool he kind of blended like his career all in one. I think this was his WrestleMania do-right. He wanted to, to go out in a better way. And I, I think he was able to do this. And AJ Styles, when he was buried, had his hand about mid, about mid forearm to the top of his hand, was still sticking up, 
as it was going to say that uh, he might be buried, but he's not gone like a lot of people do. But uh, good, good end of night one. I, I actually think the Boneyard match, the way it was shot and everything, was quite good. Night two saw Liv Morgan versus Natalia. Natalia once again putting over new talent. She has uh, become the master mechanic, even though she is probably one of the best wrestlers in the company. Besides the fact, be the best women wrestler. No, she's one of the better wrestlers. But uh, Liv Morgan is up and coming. They are uh, starting to push Liv a little bit, which is good. I kind of wish she'd go back to the uh, other look she had. I thought it had a uh, had better life on it. But, hey, not my call. Uh, Charlotte versus Rhea Ripley for the NXT women's title. They went back and forth. It was really, really good. And from the time Rhea hurt her leg... Ended up being her knee. Um, and Charlotte started to take over. We all knew it was it was beginning of the end there. And so and uh, Charlotte, your new NXT women's champion. Now, here's what this does. A lot of people say, well, why would Charlotte want to go down to a for one, it's not necessarily an inferior brand. Two this shakes things up because they're going to call a couple of them up to Raw or SmackDown. And the rest of the women's division has a fresh champion and a fresh opponent down there. Charlotte can now start going through all the ones down there, ultimately leading up to Rhea Ripley getting the uh, the next, you know, one of the next shots up. And when she does that, it's a collision course for a, a big showdown. Rhea showed that she can hold her own with Charlotte. And uh, even though she's got a little ways to go, if she can hang with Charlotte, then the future is is very, very bright. But it's kind of jumbled. they got to move people as they move them, you know? Uh, up next, Aleister Black versus Bobby Lashley. We all knew Aleister Black was going to win this. At least uh, Lashley is a credible opponent, and it, it wasn't a squash match, because if it was, Bobby Lashley should retire. But it wasn't. Uh, they're trying to make Aleister look good, but they just keep having to run over everybody, and what's going to happen when he faces a, a big show or or Kevin Owens or something like that? You can't just kick them and beat them once. You kick Kevin Owens, you're probably just going to take him off. But Aleister Black wins that one. Um, Otis versus Dolph had a, had a pretty cool story the way that played out in the end. The good guy wins. Otis takes the victory. He actually, from the help of Mandy Rose, uh, he puts her in his arms. They give a little smooch to each other and walk out together. Good for them. Good for them. That's the that's the, the happy ending we want. Uh, Edge versus Randy Orton in the last man standing match. For anybody who thought Edge was going to take it easy and kind of ease himself into this match, uh, clearly does not know Edge. For one, he wouldn't have come back if he couldn't go full 100%, and he went more than 100%. This match was incredible. They fought all over the arena. Uh, They finally finish up on top of a big box truck, and just some incredible spots in that. Go back and watch some of this, you know? Such such a good one. Um, But uh, Edge with the win there. Is he going to have a match after that? I don't, I don't know. I feel like that might have been his one-off, too. I, I, you never know. 
he could magically show up again and he could be done. Maybe he wanted that last great moment with his buddy. Um, Gronk jumped off the uh, little podium stage area there onto uh, a ton of people. Happens to land on his buddy Mojo Raleigh, who at the time was the um, 24-7 champion. Gronk pins him. Gronk is now the 24-7 title holder. And after this, Titus O'Neil hung around to host the rest of WrestleMania. But congratulations to Gronk, to Gronk on that one. Uh, the Street Profits took on Austin Theory and Angel Garza for the Raw Tag Team Championship. Austin Theory did a uh, spectacular job, just exceptional, in stepping in for the injured Andrade. He has a rib injury of some kind. Uh, Austin Theory, just like 21, 22 years old, out of the Atlanta area, not far from here. And uh, him and Angel Garza actually make a pretty good pair. Uh, they might want to potentially keep them together and use Andrade as, as the third member. Or let Andrade do something else. But uh, the Street Profits, of course, retain, keep their belts here. There was a rematch on Raw. We will talk about that in a minute. Because it, it become a, a cluster. But uh, congrats to the Street Profits on that. Bailey versus Sasha. Versus Lacey versus Naomi versus Tamina for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, this match was okay. It was good to see Tamina back. Good to see Naomi back. You know, they're both coming back from injuries. Uh, Lacey Evans, I, I still don't understand why she's not given a potential title run. Crowd loves her. Fans love her. It's, uh, she's a bet. She, I will give it, she is a better heel than face, but. Right now, you got Bailey, who's who's doing her heel thing, and she's doing. I like the Bailey heel stuff. She's been champion for almost a solid year now, or over a year or something too. Um, it might be time to to shake up Raw and or SmackDown, uh, just change it up. But Bailey retains in this one. Her and Sasha seem to be getting along okay because on SmackDown they came out and uh, had some interviews and stuff together. Uh, that brought us to the Firefly Funhouse. Between The Fiend and John Cena. Uh, I, I will just be honest. I don't know what in the world happened in this match. It's like it went through a time warp. Where John Cena went through his entire career. And all the crazy gimmicks and outfits. And different things he had done. And in the end. If your mind wasn't blown enough, I mean, go watch this. If you uh, try to try to be off any kind of substance or chemical, you watch it and see if you can make sense of it. But um, somehow, in the end, the fiend pinned John Cena, and it was counted by Bray Wyatt the the, the victory. Yeah, glad Bray Wyatt got the nod here. We all, I kind of knew it based off it was Cena, but, you know, it was still nice. It was nice the way they do it. They present it in such a way that it's acceptable. That's something a lot of people don't do. And, of course, that left us. Well, there was a pre-show match, Drew Gulak versus Cesaro. Uh, decent match. These, these two have contrasting styles that sometimes is hit or miss. They're both good wrestlers. 
Uh, I'm a big Cesaro fan, but uh, Gulak's been growing on me a little bit since hanging out with Daniel Bryan. Uh, Cesaro with the victory there. It, of course, it's on a pre-show because, you know, for some reason, Sheamus and Cesaro just don't get any kind of push unless they're together. And I, and I understand that both of them are potential world champs. Sheamus has been world champ before. But uh, last match, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. By now, you've either seen or heard about it. Um, Brock multiple F5s to Drew, Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre multiple Claymores to Brock. Drew McIntyre, your brand new winner. Um, on Raw, they showed this match where supposedly right after the match, Big Show come down and challenge the new champ, Drew McIntyre, for a match that Drew ended up winning. I don't I don't think it happened right after. I think it was the night after they, they uh, may have done some stuff there. But it just it just came out of nowhere and it was sloppy and I wish they would do better. But that was uh, overall I thought WrestleMania's pretty good to be such a bizarre setup the way it was with no fans and things like that. Uh, I, I think they did a good job of using cameras and staging and the talent they had can play up the fact, make you feel like there is a crowd even when there's not. But uh, overall, I thought they did pretty good. We'll see what they do going forward. And uh, yeah, Vince, we, we know you uh, kind of discontinued the, the uh, XFL at the moment. Totally understand. I still don't believe it's completely done. They just said they have no plan for next year. Doesn't mean they won't come up with one based off of what's going on. Because there is interest. There are cities who want teams and and markets and can support it. But uh, overall, Vince, um, yeah, I'm, I'm considering getting the WWE Network back. I'm, I'm considering it. That and UFC Fight Pass, I think, um, if, if they're reasonably priced, and I think they are. I think those would be two things to get, even if you just get the pay-per-views with them. Uh, let's move on to Raw. On Raw, they did something that I, I suggested while I go from WrestleMania. Uh, Ashka took on Liv Morgan. Solid match. Liv Morgan more than held up her own against Ashka, who, you know, sometimes when inferior, talented people go up against Ashka, and Ashka is one of the best out there talent-wise, uh, sometimes it feels like the match drags, like she's waiting on him to catch up, or she'll come back and try to drag him through the match and make it look good. No, Liv very much held up her end of this one. And uh, in the end, Ashka ended up with the victory, but uh, Liv Morgan may have come out the, the ultimate winner out of this whole thing because that's a, a credible loss coming off of WrestleMania. Street Profits, who are the Raw champs, took on Angel Garza and Austin Theory in a... Uh, rematch from WrestleMania. Street Profits won that one by DQ when uh, Zelina Vega interfered. Uh, then, not to be outdone, as uh, they were attacking one of the Street Profits, Bianca Belair from NXT comes up. Not, not really a fan of her. She uses her her hair as a as a weapon sometimes. I get it, and she's okay. I don't think she's ready for big time, big time, but I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Been wrong before. Uh, but she comes out, so her and Selena have a match, and that ends in a DQ, where Bianca Belair gets that, that win, I believe. And then now we come back from break, and all six are in a match as the Street Profits and Bianca Belair take on Zelina Vega 
Angel Garza and Austin Theory. This is what I talked about. This become a cluster. Uh, ultimately, the Street Profits and Bianca Belair with the win there. Um, yeah, it, it took up like the whole first hour almost of just it was just it was more like a local promotion deal where just random things kept happening as opposed to them trying to build some sort of story because it looked like the whole point was to introduce Bianca Belair and give her some some good shine and uh, they they kind of did that. I think there was some other ways they could have done that. Uh, Alice to Black took on Apollo Cruz. This was a 20-minute, pretty good match. They they let Apollo really get some stuff in. They let Alistair do his usual thing, and it, and it once again it was a credible opponent. Once again, it helped both guys, and it was a squash match. And in the end, Alice to Black with the win. I didn't mind that. I don't. I don't. If you're going to build somebody up, that's fine. And, but like I said, all these all these short matches aren't doing anybody any good. But in this case. This looked good. This looked good. I liked it. Uh, this new tag team they're trying out. You know, I, I told you maybe some fresh opponents from Ms. Morrison. How about this one for Brawl? We could ship them over to SmackDown for a minute. Uh, Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. Cedric Alexander, who cut his teeth in Ring of Honor and actually around here locally, near Atlanta. Uh, him and Ricochet, who is still one of the best pound-for-pound pound wrestlers on the planet, took on the NXT team of uh, Oni Lorcan and... Uh, Danny Birch, I like that team. Since I've been watching NXT, that's that's a team I like. Uh, first, their name stood out, stood out to me, and it and after that, I really got behind what these guys can do. Uh, Cedric Alexander Ricochet with the win, though, but it, it could have went the other way. But they're they're trying to debut this new team, so totally understood that part there. Uh, Seth Rollins had a squash match basically against a guy named Denzel Desjardins. Desjarnets, something like that. Uh, some random kid from NXT that I had never heard of, don't really know a whole lot about. Um, he got a couple things in before Seth just completely squashed him. Once again, squash matches help no one. That being said, the next squash match right behind it, not, the returning Nia Jax. She had ACL surgery on both knees, I believe, last year. She is now using Paige's old finish a move that Paige gifted to her, because that's how you're supposed to do that. But uh, she ran over Deanna Perrazzo in, gosh, I don't know, a minute and a half. I really don't think it would have took that long if she would have uh, not screamed after every other move. That was Naya who was screaming, not Deanna. Uh, and then we, we had... Uh, I told you about the Drew McIntyre Big Show thing. Uh, the other match we had that was actually pretty good, uh, Brendan Vink, who does some stuff in NXT, took on Humberto Carrillo. Humberto, man, he is he is lightning. He is uh, he kind of is like a taller Rey Mysterio in the way he just soars, the kinds of things he does. It's it's just exceptional. I really like Humberto. I think he he uh, has got Intercontinental Champ written on him, along with some other stuff. And uh, uh, just just some great stuff. Uh, but that was the end of Raw. That moved us to Impact Wrestling. They they always have high level talent, and just somehow come up short in how they're putting them together. There's some good things, and there's some just shake your head things. 
they had Willie Mack versus both members of Reno Scum. Uh, Willie Mack with the big victory beat both of them. Reno Scum's a good tag team. But uh, Willie Mack with a big victory, and then Ace Austin decided to attack him. He's part of Reno, or Reno Scum or his, his little minions. But uh, he came out and attacked Willie Mack there. Um, Ace versus Willie could be good. Willie is is definitely one of the better wrestlers out there right now. Not in the not in the big time. Although you could argue Impact Wrestling is it's it's up there. Uh, you had Chris Bay versus Daga. Daga is very very solid, very very good. Chris Bay very innovative. Uh, he ends up with the victory there. It's a good match. Pretty good match. Um, after Madison Rain stepped away from commentary with her husband, who is uh, Josh Matthews, the normal play-by-play guy, um, I, th- I thought that was a good touch, though, because she, as much as he was trying to kiss up to her, she was not having it and just slamming it back at him. And it was it was actually nice the way it was doing. It was very well done. But Madison Rain took on Havoc, Jessica Havoc. Uh, who is a uh, a big, just bruiser, but very good. And it's not very good for her size, no very good in general. But Havoc has the victory there. Madison eventually come back to do some uh, other commentary after she recovered. But uh, Fulton, I believe is his name, accompanied Jake and Dave Chris, the Chris brothers, as they took on Rhino and Tommy Dreamer. Rhino and Tommy Dreamer end up with the win here. Fulton kind of does this thing where he attacks people occasionally, but uh, Rhino and Dreamer with the win. It was nice. It was nice to be able to see uh, them get a clean victory like that because Jake and Dave Christ are no joke. They are very, very good at what they do. Uh, Jake Christ to me is a very exceptional solo wrestler as well, as he's actually held the exhibition title a couple times. Uh, kind of the Returning in a way, it's been a little while since we've seen her. Uh, Kira Hogan, who once again cut her teeth actually a lot closer down the road from where I'm at right now, out here on the uh, the super west side of Georgia, near the Alabama line. Uh, she took on Susie, who is the alter ego of Sue Young, the clean cut goody two shoe. It's a good match though. Kira was not having this whole goody goody act. And uh, Susie was giving her everything she could, but in the end, Kira Hogan with the win. Uh, which left us to the uh, end where Eddie Edwards and Tessa Blanchard, Tessa being the world champ, took on the North, which is Ethan Page and Josh Alexander. Uh, pretty good match. Ultimately, it came down to Tessa would not tag Eddie Edwards. It ended up being her undoing the North one. And then um, as Eddie was going to walk away, the third member of a trio match coming up soon is going to be Tessa Blanchard versus Eddie Edwards versus Michael Elgin. Michael Elgin come out. Eddie Edwards just shook his head and turned around like, I'm not coming to save you. You couldn't at least tag me. And uh, Michael Elgin did one of the softest power bombs I've ever seen, but he wasn't trying to hurt people. So I very much appreciate him doing that. It's going to set up a pretty good match. Michael Elgin, I've been watching for years. Eddie Edwards has been watching for years. Tess has been watching for a couple. But uh, it's going to be... 
it, it's going to be a, a good trio when they when they put all those together. Now, that moved us to NXT. There was a women's ladder match for the number one contender to the championship, the now Charlotte championship. Uh, Io Shirai, Tegan Knox, Chelsea Green with Robert Stone, of course. Mia Yim with Rachel Gonzalez. Dakota Kai and Candice LeRae all in this match. Now, at times, I, I never, or people I thought would never win this match. Chelsea Green, one, she's, she's too new. Uh, Mia Yim doesn't have enough momentum behind her. Uh, Rachel Gonzalez actually come out with Dakota Kai, and um, uh, I really thought it was between uh, Io Shirai, Tegan Knox, Dakota Kai, and Candice LeRae. Uh, I really didn't think Candice was going to get it, even though I thought she was the better of the group. Ultimately, after these girls do such a good job doing a controlled ladder match the way they did. Controlled to where it never got chaotic. It never got out of hand. It never got to a dumb moment. Uh, Io Shirai ends up winning this. She will have first crack at Charlotte's championship if there's no immediate rematch with Rhea Ripley. That moved us to uh, Finn Balor versus Alexander Wolf. This was as part of the NXT UK uh, of course, Finn Balor with the, the big win there, but um, Alexander Wolf was sent down there because Walter said, before you get to me, you've got to beat some of my other guys. And so Finn's knocked off the first one. We'll see where it goes from there. Uh, he's still got three other mem- or two other members before he get to Walter as part of uh, an Imperium, Imperial, something like that, whatever their group's called. Uh, I, I like their group. Just solid, solid guys. Um, Indus Sure, which is who come out with Malcolm Bivens. They are Sarah and Riku, uh, big time Arab tag team. I don't know where they're from, I, so that's why I'm just good. They are Arabian of some kind, Arab of some kind. Uh, big, big, big dudes. I think they said one was uh, the guy from the Million Dollar Arm, actually, which is uh, kind of interesting. They took on Everrise, which is Chase Parker and Matt Mantell. Or Martell, rather. Uh, yeah. And sure wrecked them. Wrecked them pretty good. Um, the Interim Cruiserweight turn- Tournament will begin next week. And then it left us to the match that took up basically the back half of the show. Johnny Gargano versus, uh, God, I forgot his last name, but Ciampo. And these two, Triple H was in the ring to start with. He called them both out. He uh, got up through a chair, the chair that he was sitting, at, sitting in. He threw it down the middle of the ring. He looked at him and he says, when I walk through this door, this begins and it ends today. He's, he's tired of it. Taking up the rest of the time. Uh, these two tore each other up all over the arena. It was actually very well done. Usually I'm not the world's biggest fan of these, but it went back and forth, back and forth. Uh, Gargano's wife, Candice LeRae, figured into the end of it. Very well done. Um, if you haven't seen it, go back on the network and see it. 
it was just really, really good from two guys. Yeah, they need to move on, but two guys that just understand how to make it work. Uh, Gargano with the big win there. I think he needed it. Uh, Chiampo, I think, um, could just have the good, solid showing and move on to something else. Gargano, I think, could use this to propel himself uh, up into a, uh, a another big story here soon. The move is to AEW. Jericho and Shivani, that's Chris Jericho, the champ, was on commentary to start. Uh, the murder hawk, Lance Archer, had his second debut match, technically, versus Alan Ingalls. I have no idea who Alan Ingalls is. Uh, he held his own for all he could, but uh, Lance Archer is a, they, they call him the murder hawk for a reason. He is a big bruiser of a dude. Been a big fan of that guy for a while. Uh, good to see him do such good things. Uh, the next match was Dr. Brett Baker versus Hikaru Shida. Hikaru, man, she she grew on me quick. She is, uh, Brett Baker's no slouch, but Hikaru, man, she she can really get out there and get it done. Uh, she did in this match. At one point, Brett Baker's nose got um, got uh, smashed pretty good. It didn't, it didn't look weird or off or anything like that, but gosh, she was gushing blood from her nose for all, for the back half of the match. Sometimes it makes people slow down or shy away from things. These two were going dead on it. At one point, Britt Baker, in order to do her mandible claw finisher, since she had blood all over her hand, borrowed one of the referee's gloves, who was wearing a latex glove, so that she could put her hand in Cheetah's mouth. See, she was still being careful. But yes, Cheetah with the big victory there. She's still number one contender. I think we're going to see that match very, very soon. Now, best friends, one of my favorite tag teams in AEW, Trent, Chucky Taylor, and uh, Orange Cassidy, of course, the uh, the uh, little companion that comes out with them, took on Michael Nakazawa and Kenny Omega. Nakazawa and Omega know each other from Japan, so they're able to get in. He has to be over here. Kenny needed a partner. So uh, that seemed to work out there. Best friends end up with the win after these two or these four beat the holy hell out of each other. It was actually a great, great match. Uh, Lee Johnson took on the exalted one, Brody Lee. He is, of course, the leader of the the Dark Order, I think is what they're called. Brody Lee, once again, used to be Luke Harper for all you people who are playing along at home. Um, Lee tried to get some stuff in, but Brody Lee is a big dude, a lot of big dudes over here, and uh, he he ran slap over Lee, and it was uh, it was really good. Now that left us to the main event, which was round one of a tournament they are having, where Sean Spears took on Cody with Brandy at ringside. Um, Cody still having that cool neck tattoo that he got last week. And uh, these two went at it, went, I mean, just all over the place, through barriers, through tables, uh, just they put on a wrestling clinic because Sean Spears calls himself the chairman, the chairman of the board or something like that. Uh, he, he very much held his own with Cody, but ultimately in the end, Cody with the victory there, even though they both looked like they were they were going to be hurting. Moved us to SmackDown. SmackDown. Uh, Braun Strowman come out. 
It was interrupted by Shinsuke Nakamura, who said, uh, you ready for your next challenge? I'm right here. Okay, kind of came out of nowhere, because uh, Shinsuke didn't win the pay-per-view. But, I guess, in the fact they didn't lose, technically, then uh, you could do that. But our opening match was Bliss Cross versus the Kabuki Warriors for the Women's Tag Team Titles. It was the rematch. Uh, Bliss Cross retained. Nikki Cross seems so excited to be the champ. It's it's actually quite quite great. Um, they talked about the Otis and Mandy storyline a little bit there, which led to Dolph with Sonya Deville, who is is now accompanying him, taking on Tucker from Heavy Machinery. Uh, of course, Dolph ends up with a victory there. Uh, Tucker's he's one of the he's good. You could tell he's he's very good and accomplished in amateur wrestling. And uh, he, he did a good job. But like I said, when the cameras are on, Dolph Ziggler is is one of the toughest, most awesome people to watch. And he continued to do so here. Um, we had the dirt sheet that had New Day and the Usos on it. I don't know why. Once again, because this it's, it's time to move on. I'm going to stick to that. It is time to move on from those three teams being against each other. So do something about this, WWE. Uh, Lucha House Party took on, or two members of them, took on the Forgotten Sons, who seems like they are officially going to be a part of SmackDown. Uh, the Forgotten Sons are a great tag team. They have Jackson Riker on there. He was Gunner on the indie scene and in TNA. Back in the day, I've met him. Gunner is a super awesome guy. Uh, a lot of former military ties between the three of them. And Forgotten Sons got a big victory there. Uh, they're, you know, they're, they're a couple big pay-per-view wins away from, from being able to challenge Miz and Morrison, I would say. Forgotten Sons are, are a good team, though. think um, Revival, if the Revival were not as technical... But we're more, let's see, what's the word, aggressive. Now, the rival can be aggressive, sure. But if, if, they were, if they were more aggressive and less technical, then that's what you get out of the Forgotten Sons. They are a, uh, they're a really good team, and I, I think the SmackDown crowd is going to like them, hate them. They're, they're going to react to them. Uh, Sheamus come out with a, a very quick... Squash match versus Cal Bloom. Go for Cal Bloom that he got on TV. Good for Seamus that he's back. This match helped nobody. They are building up Jeff Hardy. They show a big video montage. And and uh, it, it's good that he always tries to put on a show, but I'm not a big Jeff Hardy fan, so I, I would rather have Matt. Matt Russell's better. But he's an AEW. But Jeff apparently is going to be coming back now that he is back out of rehab and back uh, and, and that's chemical rehab. That's not physical rehab. He's done with that too, supposedly. We'll we'll see. It usually doesn't last very long. Uh, and then Braun Strowman did finally take on Shinsuke Nakamura, who come out with Cesaro. Uh, Strowman ends up retaining, keeping his belt. Of course, Nakamura didn't look bad. It's it's Braun's a weird matchup for somebody like Nakamura, but that strong style, which is. What uh, Nakamura is is the king of the strong style wrestling from New Japan. Um, that's it was a good match. I thought having Cesaro there helped, even though he didn't really do much in the match. You didn't need him to do much, but having him there, his presence, can kind of help out with some things. Um, then they showed a 
Braun Braun was talking, and then Bray hit the hit the screen, and the two of them went back and forth, and they both call each other out and had some really good one-liners. And if that's the next direction we're going, this is going to be fun because you know Braun Strowman used to be a part of the Wyatt family back in the day when it was Luke Harper. Eric Rowan and him, along with Bray Wyatt. So it's it's uh, it's going to be pretty interesting there. And then finally, that moved us to Ring of Honor, where they talked to PCO, which, as he said, stands for Perfect Creation One. For people who also don't know, I'm pretty sure that his name is Pierre Carl Lett, PCO. Same thing that the RKO is the uh, finishing move of Randy Orton. It is also his initials, Randy, I think, Keith Orton, for people who didn't know that. But they talked to PCO, and, and uh, they had his match versus Marty Skrull at Glory by Honor, where the it was the finals of the tournament to see who would face uh, Roosh at... Um, at a final battle. Uh, and at the time, Marty Skrull was leading the faction that PCO was a part of, and all and both other members, Brody Chase and Flip Gordon, come out to help Marty Skrull. Ultimately, PCO won that match. It was it was a great match. Just two contrasting styles for sure. PCO just a big Cactus Jack like bruiser will use his body however he can to take you out. And uh, Marty Skrull, very much more technical while being innovative and aggressive at the same time. But, uh, yeah, both exceptional wrestlers. PCO wins that. The next next match they show was at Final Battle, the PCO versus Roosh for the championship. It was a Friday the 13th Massacre match. Basically, it was a no DQ, no Olds Bar, whatever you want to call it. That's They just gave it a funny name. Um, for the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship, the one that PCO recently won at this match. Uh, Roosh, by the way, very, very underrated. For people who don't know who he is, if um, if you are familiar with... Gosh, I forgot his name. The, the Los Ignorables de Japón. Um, that actually kind of started in Mexico, and then the leader of that took it back to Japan, where he uses it now. But Roosh was one of the original members of that, and uh, he still does the uh, the flip and lay down the ring and points upwards. I think it's 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 just great that he does stuff like that. But uh, yeah, Roosh, man, it I, I like that Ring of Honor had had him as champ. And now they have PCO. They're showing the direction they're going, and I very much like it. They've, they've had some interesting people as champs here lately, and I think it's been great. But as far as what predictions for this week, you know, I used – well, what were my categories? I'll do those from um, a week – there it is. The champion is champion – champion that I felt uh, best reflected what being a champion, you know, they best represented being a champion. Um, I'm going to say Bliss Cross because they won the belts one night 
and defended him the next night and was able to retain him. So, Bliss Cross, congratulations. The uh, the rising, the person I think is is rising up a little bit. Um, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stay with the women again. I'm going to see Karu Shida. Even though she's number one contender, a lot of people haven't heard of her. A lot of people don't know a lot about her. Even if you watch AEW, um, I would watch out. I think she might be champ sooner rather than later. That moves us to the next guy up. Next guy up. Um, kind of the next one up, I would say... I would say the next guy to, to really watch out for, I'm going to say, actually, you know what? I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, I'm going to say Elias. Elias is somebody that I want them to push to a higher level. Ken Corbin could be there too. But, uh, yeah, that's somebody that, that I think should be next guy up. He should be in the main event picture somewhere. Um, gosh, being on Raw. It doesn't seem like he's going to be in the title picture right now, but he can have a big-time program with some big-time people up top. Uh, the next uh, girl up, so to say. Let's see. I would say... I mean, I know who WWE wants it to be, but the one that I see that could, um, that could uh, potentially... I'm going to say, they seem like they're pushing Dakota Kai a little bit, but I'm going to say that Tegan Knox is going to be doing something very, very soon on a bigger level. I think they're going to, uh, to really do some cool stuff there. And uh, the uh, what-the-hell moment. Either what the hell cool, what the hell whatever. Um, I'm going to give that to the Funhouse match because even though it kind of ironed itself out by the end, um, I don't understand why we had to go through a time warp to do that, why the two of them couldn't just wrestle. But, yeah, I, they they even kind of lost me for a minute. I had to go back and, and figure it all out. But... There it is. There's uh, there's another great edition of Strong Style. This one called uh, Aftermath or A New Era. I think the Drew McIntyre area is very much going to be a, uh, a cool thing. Let me do some cool stuff with it. I'm Jeremy the Impact York. This has been Strong Style. We will see you guys next week. We're going to aim more for Thursday for this show than we can. Thursday, Friday is probably Thursday. We'll see you guys next week. Go watch wrestling. Deuces, deuces.